cling to that old rugged cross. I believe that this life with its great mysteries surely someday will come to morning. Psalm 51, wasn't that good? We have someone here this morning that needs her Bible. And uh, Miss Paisley Rice, if you would come, I'm going to do this at this time. Miss Paisley got saved a while back and we've had her Bible here and hadn't been able to give it to her. Uh, but I love that this church does this, that every time somebody gets saved and follows Jesus in scriptural baptism, first thing they do is try to give them a Bible. Because this is the greatest tool that a child of God has. It is our sword. It is what we use to fight the battle that we face every day. And it is my honor to give this to Miss Paisley Rice. Isn't that good? I want to ask y'all to pray for her as she follows the Lord. Amen. I am so thankful for what God has done in this place this last week. We, the ribeye has went home to Bossier City. And y'all are left with a spam this morning. So 
y'all uh, back to the old diet. But I tell you, God has been good. And uh, you can't give credit to man. you got to give credit to the Lord. And uh, to Him be the honor and all the glory. But I do want to say thank you, church, for showing up the way you did. And my brother told me this morning, he said, I really don't want to go back to my home church. I wish we could just start all over again. He said, I've never seen a people so hungry and so ready for revival. He said, it was so easy. All I had to do was just sit back and preach. And the Lord did the rest. And uh, may I say this morning that let's just keep on going. Let's not stop. Let's not take a time out. Let's keep on going and doing what the Lord has for us today. If you would stand with me for the reading of God's Word. Psalm 51 and in verse 13, the results of revival. Of course, verse 12, restore unto me the joy of of thy salvation, uphold me with thy free spirit. Verse 12, he received uh, this revival. He was restored unto him the joy. He did not ask God to restore unto him his salvation. Child of God, you cannot lose your salvation, but you can lose the joy of your salvation. And I believe that's where we get in troubles, when we lose the joy of our salvation. In verse 12, it was restored unto him. In verse 13, we see the results. Then will I teach transgressors thy ways, and sinners shall be converted unto thee. Deliver me from blood guiltiness, O God, thou God of my salvation, and my tongue shall sing aloud of thy righteousness. O Lord, open thou my lips, and my mouth shall show forth thy praise. For thou desirest not sacrifice, else would I give it. Thou delightest not in burnt offering. The sacrifices of God are a broken spirit, a broken and contrite heart, O God, will thou not despise. Do good in thy good pleasure unto Zion. Build thou the walls of Jerusalem. Then shalt thou be pleased with the sacrifices of righteousness, with burnt offering and whole burnt offering. Then shall they offer bullocks upon thine altar. Dear Heavenly Father, bless the reading of your word. Lord, I ask you to bless everything that is done here this morning. And Lord, I'm just going to start off by saying praise your holy name for what you've done in this place. And Lord, I thank you for what you did yesterday. But I'm not going to get so hung up on what you did yesterday that I'm going to allow it to rob me of the blessing of today. And Lord, may we not just focus on what you did yesterday, but may we focus on what you're trying to do here this morning. And Lord, you're not done. You're not finished. If you were finished, you would have split that eastern sky Wednesday night. But Lord, your work is still needing to be done. And you have blessings awaiting for your God, for your people that are called by your name. And Lord, may we just submit to you this morning. May you give me the power and the liberty and the freedom to preach your word, Lord. Lord, I don't want to be seen. But Lord, we need to see you today. Lord, I pray that souls would be saved. Lord, I pray that you would just continue to restore unto us the joy of our salvation. We love you and we praise you. In Jesus' name I pray. 
Amen. You may be seated. I want to preach to you the results of revival. The beginning part of this psalm is the need of revival. The first 12 verses, we see the psalmist David in great need of revival. May I remind you that he has just committed adultery. He has committed murder. This man of God, the king of this, uh, of this land, he was not just a king, but he was the man of God. The Spirit of God rested upon him. If if you remember way back yonder, Eli anointed him and the Spirit of God fell upon him. And even with that Spirit of God upon him, man still sins. Understand that when you get saved, that does not mean you'll never mess up again. That does not mean that you'll never commit another sin. Understand that while we're in this body, we will sin till Jesus comes back and receives us. But understand in this whole body that we make mistakes and we do things that we ought not do. And we have to pay for making those decisions. And we have to suffer from the consequences. In the first 12 verses, this man was in bad spiritual condition and was in need of a revival almost to the place that he felt like like the Spirit of God was going to be taken from him. But I love that the Spirit of God was never taken from him. But he felt like that it was fixing to be taken from him. And he said, Lord, restore unto me the joy. And I love that because he never said, restore unto me my salvation. He said, restore unto me the joy of my salvation. Monday night was probably the greatest night of revival in my opinion. We didn't have anybody at the altars. We didn't have anybody come down. We had five professions of faith this week. Wasn't that wonderful? And I'm telling you, we had moves. We had the altars full. But Monday night, there was not anybody at the altar that I can remember. There wasn't any uh, moves coming forward, any physical decisions made. But I want you to know that when I left this place, and as people began to leave, I seen a joy. And I felt a presence among God's people. May I tell you, souls don't have to be saved in order for us to have good church. Souls doesn't have to be redeemed, although I would love to see souls get saved every time. But I want you to know we don't have to have decisions made in order for us to enjoy the Lord. As God's people, we ought to be enjoying the presence and the joy of the Lord. The joy of the Lord ought to be our strength. It ought to be our motivation here in this worship service. And I believe this week that God's people has been revived. I know that I've been revived and I praise God for it. So what is it this morning that comes from that revival? Number one, a rejuvenated desire to serve the Lord. I believe when God's people get revived that their desire to serve the Lord will be renewed or rejuvenated. I know sometimes when we're in need of revival, serving the Lord is tiresome. Serving the Lord sometimes can become a burden. It can become something that is oppressive to us but God never desired service to be that way. He wants us to be willing to serve Him. But notice what He said here in verse 13. He said Then will I teach transgressors thy ways and sinners shall be converted unto thee. When this man got revived, he had a new desire to preach the Word of God. 
understand that this man loved the Lord. And he loved to tell people about God. But every now and then in your life as you go forward, the desire to preach will go away. The desire sometimes the devil works on us so many times and the desire that we have to preach sometimes will weaken. And so many times the devil wants to shut us up. And that's why He will bring things into our life to discourage us away from preaching. But understand that this man was in no condition to preach. Understand a lot of times the reason we're not preaching and being the soul winner that God wants us to be because we're in no spiritual condition to preach what God has desired for us to preach. Because it's hard to preach something when you're not living that very message that you desire your neighbor to have. This man was unable to preach because he had committed adultery and he had murdered a man. It's hard to have a testimony. Man, could you imagine Baptists? Can you imagine us Baptists if David walked in here? Get that dirty, filthy man out of here. This man had no power in the preaching because he lost his testimony. And he was in no shape or form or fashion to preach the Word of God. May I tell you, the message is only effective when you're living it. And it's so much easier to preach it when you live it. You don't have to preach it near as loud if you just live out that very message that you want your neighbors to get. What was rejuvenated in this? His desire to preach the Word of God. Isn't it amazing when God's people get excited, they have to go tell somebody. I love this week, visitors came nearly every night and some would come out and say, oh, so-and-so and been inviting me all week. They've been telling me how good service has been and I just had to come see what was going on. I'll tell you, when God's people get excited, God's people start preaching the Word of God. And they begin to share the great news that Jesus still lives and that Jesus still saves. It's amazing when God's people get rejuvenated and they get revived that that desire to preach comes back to them and they just got to go tell somebody what God has been doing. His desire to preach was back. Notice what it said in verse 14. Deliver me from blood guiltiness, O God. Thou God of my salvation and my tongue shall sing aloud of thy righteousness. His desire to preach was renewed, but also his desire to pray. He said, Deliver me from blood guiltiness, O God, thou God of my salvation. Let me tell you something. Your spiritual life will God with God will only be as good as your prayer life with God is. May I tell you, the more that you pray, the better Christian that you will be. And I don't know how long that David stopped praying during this time. But over in Psalm, I believe, 32, he said, When I kept silent. You see, there was a period in that time when he needed revival that he quit praying. There was a time that he quit calling upon God. But when he got revived, he, that desire to pray to God was renewed. And he began to pray more and more and more and more. It's amazing when we stand in need of revival that we're not doing a lot of praying. And we kind of look over the fact that there's things that God needs to forgive us of. But he just prayed, Lord, create within me a clean heart, a new spirit, restore unto me the joy of my salvation. He got revived and then he turned right around again, Lord, deliver me again. Isn't it amazing when you get revived how rejuvenated we get to how we just got to go to God and we've got to ask God and pray of God? Isn't it amazing this week? Isn't it amazing what happens when God's people get to praying? 
And when revival comes and we get excited, it seems like we start praying more and more and more and more. Man, I seen something the other night that I could have took off running around this church. Y'all probably thought I lost my mind. But when I called on God's people to pray for lost people, I'm telling you, I thought Dana White was going to tear this pew down trying to get down here. I never in my life seen God's people running to the, to the altar. I bet we had 50, 75 people down here praying. And when they got on their face to praying, that little old soul back there got under conviction and said, Mom and Daddy, i got to go find Jesus. i got to be saved. That grown man and that grown woman come running down this aisle. i got to profess what God's done because God's people got excited and God's people got back on their face. And let me tell you something, when we get revived, we get rejuvenated, we get that renewed desire to pray more for other people. Isn't that good? Isn't that good? Notice this next verse here. Notice this. O Lord, open thou my lips, and my mouth shall show forth thy praise. His desire to preach, his desire to pray, but let me tell you something else that was renewed. His desire to praise the Lord. I don't know how long that they have been sealed, but the lips of David had been sealed for some time. The praise of God was gone. If there is ever a man that knew how to praise the Lord, it was the psalmist David. Oh, he begged his people at times, all oh, that men would praise the Lord. But there was a time in the life of David when he was in need of revival that he lost that very praise. And I want you to know that his lips had been sealed because of the guilt and shame of his sin and the life that he lived before the Lord and that weight was upon him. And while he carried that weight, he was unable to praise the name of the Lord. Let me tell you, when you are in need of revival, it's hard to praise the Lord. But when you get to that place that you are restored and you receive that revival, then you can begin to praise His name again. And I want you to notice what He said here in verse 15. O Lord, open Thou my lips, and my mouth shall show forth Thy praise. When He began to receive revival, the the desire to praise was renewed within him. It is amazing to me how silent we get as God's people. That we can go to a football game, and we can go to a basketball game, and we can shout and praise and act like fools. But we can go to the Lord's house and act like somebody's done died. Let me tell you something. Nobody has died this morning. We're here because somebody is alive. And that's worth shouting about. May I say that's worth getting excited about. But when you're in need of revival, the devil will steal your shout away. It will steal your praise away. May I tell you, missionary Baptist, there's nothing wrong with praising the Lord. There's nothing wrong with rejoicing about what God has done. And when he got his heart right, he got his shout back. He got his praise back. Man, he began to shout and begin to praise the Lord. You know what he said? God, open my mouth so that I can praise your holy name. I pray that we got so revived this past week that God would open our mouth unto praise. That everything come out of our mouth would not be cursings, would not be things to lower the body of Christ, but would be edifying, that would build up Jesus Christ. All that men would praise the Lord. Isn't God good? 
Isn't God good? All day, every day, God is good. Man, we come in here. God answered our prayers. Somebody ought to just say, Lord, thank you for what you've done. It's all right to get excited about knowing Jesus. It's all right to get excited when somebody gets saved. I'll tell you, there's something wrong when we shout louder for somebody hitting a home run than when they accept Jesus as their personal Savior. The Bible said heaven erupts in praise. I'll tell you what, the church of God ought to erupt in praise. When somebody comes to the saving knowledge of Jesus Christ, why don't we shout, preacher, because we stand in need of revival. Why don't we praise, because we stand in need of revival. But when our joy of our salvation is restored, I've learned this, you can't shut a Christian up. Isn't that good? You can't shut them up. They've got to tell somebody. They've got to shout about the goodness of God. Oh, I love when kids come to me and they say, Oh, preacher, this happened and I just got to tell you. I just got to tell you. It's just they were bubbling up. And I love when God's people get revival because they're bubbling up. And they just got to praise the Lord. Man, I'm telling you, this choir got to sing another night, bowed on my knees and cried holy. Lord, have mercy. I am 33 years old and I've never heard Nathan Llewellyn shout. That boy went to shouting. Mama would have whooped him. I'm picking, I'm picking. He got so excited. I ain't never seen him that excited. Isn't that good? When we just get excited. And the more excited we get about doing this God thing and this church thing and this Bible thing, the more we'll, we'll be sold out to it. It's all right to enjoy being saved. It's all right to enjoy going to church. We've gone to church long enough acting like it's bondage, acting like I've got to go. Man, I'm telling you, it's Sunday. Man, oh, that God would just give us that shout. Oh, God, it's Sunday. Praise the Lord I get to hear the preacher preach. Amen. Boy, I'd love to hear that song. Oh, it's Sunday. We get to go sing and we get to shout. Hey, it's Monday. I can still shout because this is still the day the Lord has made. I believe God can get so good in your heart that He'll let you shout on Monday. (laughs) Boy, that's revival right there if you're shouting on Monday. Notice this. Verse 16. A rejuvenated desire to serve but also restored humility before God. Notice what he said in verse 16. For thou desirest not sacrifice, else would I give it. Thou delightest not in burnt offering. The sacrifices of God are a broken spirit, a broken and contrite heart. O God, thou will not despise. I believe when we have revival, there will be a restored humility before the Lord. David was living in the Old Testament Levitical law days. This man had just committed adultery and murder. The consequences of these two actions were capital offenses. According to the law, he was to lose his life. He was to pay for the sins that he had committed. I don't know who, but somebody had to rise up against the king. That had to be pretty hard. But regardless of what went on, according to the sin that he had committed, he was to lose his life. 
Now when you committed a sin in the Old Testament, you were to take a sacrifice. You were to take an animal. And you were to take it to the priest. And you were to offer that animal on behalf of your sins. And you were to pray that God would accept the blood of that animal as an atonement for your sin. Because where there is sin, there must be a payment for that sin. To satisfy the wrath and judgment of a righteous God. And so David said, notice what he said here. I want you to notice this. And I can't think of any other scripture in the Old Testament that's like this. For thou desirest not sacrifice, else would I give it. Thou delightest not in burnt offering. Every other place in the Old Testament when there was a sin, they ran out to get an animal. They ran out to get a lamb. But he said, God, it's not the lamb that you're wanting. It's not the broken lamb that you want. It's a broken heart that you desire. And you see, there was such a focus in the Old Testament that in order for God to forgive, there had to be a broken lamb. A lamb had to be broken for the offering of sin so that God would be satisfied. But David finally came to the realization that it was never about a broken lamb. It was about a broken heart. That if there was going to be goodness in his life, it was not that a lamb had to be broken, but it was his heart that was going to have to be broken. And it is amazing to me that when we get revived, there is a restored humility that will come before our relationship with God. And may I say that when we're in need of revival, there is a sense of pride there. And there is a sense of pride before God. And oh God... Look at me. Look at what I've done. Look at what I'm doing. Look at where I'm going. Look at me. Look at me. Look at me. That is somebody in need of revival. But when you get revived, you realize it's not about me. May I tell you, we don't need a broken lamb, but we need some broken hearts. We don't need an animal given. We need hearts given to the Lord. May I tell you, I'm glad that we don't have to sacrifice animals anymore. I'm glad we don't have to offer all these animals. You know what God wants from you? He wants your heart. He don't want your animals. He wants your heart. He wants that pride out of the way. And this man finally got this pride out of the way. And he was humbled before the Lord. Humility is an effect of revival. That it's no longer about me, it's no longer about us, but it's about Him. May I tell you, when God's people get revived, they're kind of like John prayed, Lord, help me decrease so that You may increase. I love it when God's people get revived because they realize that they don't matter near as much as they think. And isn't it amazing... When we put God at the forefront, what happens in our life? <laughs> Notice this in verse 17. What does God want from me, preacher? The sacrifices of God are a broken spirit. A broken and contrite heart. He wants you to have a broken heart and a contrite heart. The word broken means damaged. No longer in one piece or in work and order. What does that mean? That means we're going to have to be honest with God. And we're going to have to understand that we're not in one piece. And so many people want God to put their life back together, but they don't want to acknowledge that it's in a thousand pieces. 
And before God can put your life together, we've got to realize that our life's in a thousand pieces and we need the hand of God in our life. We need His touch. Brokenness. Are y'all with me this morning? Contrite. Feeling regret and sorrow for one's sins or offenses. Oh God, I can't believe I did this. Oh God, I can't believe. Isn't it amazing when we come to that place of brokenness and sorrow and guilt before the Lord, what God can do with our life. It's hard for God to do anything when we come puffed up. Y'all with me? Y'all with me? Y'all awake? It's amazing how bad we get in our life when we get puffed up. God wants brokenness. He wants us to have a contrite heart. You know what happens when we get puffed up? God, I'll preach the sermon. God, I'll get this church revived. God, I will do this. Many times this preacher has puffed himself up and said, God, I got this. You just sit back and I'll handle this. Man, I got a sermon today I'm going to preach. God, I don't need you today. Let me tell you what happens when we need revival. When we think the singing is about us. And the preaching is about us. When when everything in this church thing that we do is about our talents or our abilities. Understand that nothing that we're doing here is about my ability or talent or what I can do. But it's based upon what God can do. Let me tell you something. Nathan Llewellyn did not bring revival. Paul Buck did not bring revival. God from heaven brought revival. And if this revival is going to continue, we got to understand it's not going to come from a man, but it's going to come from people being broken before the Lord. I love the song, Brethren, we have met to worship and adore the Lord our God. Will you pray with all your power while we try to preach the Word? All is vain unless the Spirit of the Holy One comes down. Brethren, pray in holy manner will be showered around. We don't need me. We need the Spirit of God. And we need a broken enough heart to realize, God, without you, we cannot do it. We cannot do it. Notice verse 18. Do good in thy good pleasure unto Zion. Build thou the walls of Jerusalem. Then shalt thou be pleased with the sacrifices of righteousness, with burnt offering and whole burnt offerings. Then shall they offer bullocks upon that altar. Number three, there's a revived vision of God's kingdom. When I looked at all the theology on these two verses, some thought that these verses talked about a future restoration of Israel. Some thought it talked about He's he's wanting the kingdom of God to be restored at that time. Understand this. It doesn't matter when David was talking about it. All that matters is that David got off of himself. And he finally got to look at God's kingdom. And he finally got a vision for God's kingdom. Verse 1 through the very last verse until about verse 16, verse 17. The word I, the word me, the word mine or my was used 32 times. 32 times David said me, my, I, mine. It was all about David. It was not till verse 18 that he finally got to look at everybody else around him. Isn't it amazing when we get revival that we'll get off of self and we'll get on the work of God. May I tell you, there's a kingdom. And it's not my kingdom, but it's His kingdom. 
May I tell you that when God's people get revived, that we get a renewed vision of the kingdom of God, that we get to finally look out and realize it's not all about us. And there's people around us that are dying and going to hell. There's people around us that are in need of the Lord. There's people around us that are in need of this. This word Zion meant the temple. He said, restore Zion. Build back Zion. This is the temple place. This was the place of worship. He got back thinking about the worship of God. Then he said, rebuild the walls of Jerusalem. Then he began to think about the city and the people around him. Man, when we get revival, we get on fire. And we say, you know what? i got a neighbor that needs Jesus. I've got people around me that needs to be saved. Let me tell you something. I believe as God's people, we need a revived vision of God's kingdom. That it's not about us, but it's about those lost souls that stand in need of a Savior. As a preacher, as a pastor, I cannot keep you excited. I cannot keep you rejuvenated, restored, or revived. But God can. But people, we've got a hunger for it. And we've got a thirst for it. Do y'all want this to continue? God can keep on doing what He's been doing. But we've got to be humble enough before the Lord to say, Lord, here it is. Here it is. I want to ask you to stand with me this morning. <clears throat> if you're here this morning and you've never been saved, I want to invite you to be saved today. I want to invite you to come to the saving knowledge of Jesus Christ. If you're here this morning and you need to join this church, would you come? If you need to make a decision, would you come?